uh, that you know that's that's one of my big things is especially with these you know newer uh, micro diameter arrows that everybody's going to um, you know you have not only an insert but you have what they call an outsert collar that goes over the end of it so your broadhead sits flush against it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good to spin that arrow with that collar on there and even just indexing that collar turning it you know quarter turns at a time you'd be amazed at at how big a difference that makes oh, yeah. and so you know one thing that i'll always do is i'll spin that arrow camel boots on my feet bow in my hand walking in the early tech presents American Roots Outdoors, Alex Rutledge in the studio with Wayne Locke and Redbone Mike Crace. I must tell you, my wise eyes are exploding with pictures, guys. I'm just not getting any great big bucks, Redbone. Yeah, well, it's that time. Oh, it is. I mean, the bucks are starting to move. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I'm only getting does and fawns still on mine, but I I heard there are bucks in the area. Oh, there is bucks in the area. (laughs) I've got one decent deer, I think one decent deer that I might think about shooting. But the acorns well, it, are dropping yeah, acorns say, in think, the woods. Do you think it's because the deer is in the woods because the acorns are dropping right there now? There is. And, you know, we don't have a lot of acorns. Well, as I say, I, I actually, I was in the woods just two days ago, and when the wind was blowing, you could hear them like rain. Dropping. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like light rain, and then the wind would stop, and it would stop. Did you mark again. those trees? Did you mark those trees where you heard them? Should have went and put your wise eye camera. <laughs> <in> one <of> them. <laughs> well, I, actually, I talked to Alex because we had. There's a trail that comes out of that area that I'm going to put the wise eye on because I'm sure I'll catch them coming in and out. You know, going from the food yeah. plot into there. So yeah, yeah, it's like the acorns always. Is. I mean, some places have them, some places don't. Right. Yeah, they're spotted. Yeah. Well, anyway, we got Wayne's food plot planted. Mm-hmm. Uh, food plot number three. Smorgasbord. Yep. It's so dry, everybody. Oh, it's like a dust. Terribly dry. It's a dust cloud when you walk through it. And we what? put the Nutriplot uh, fertilizer down on it uh, two days ago. Yeah. So, so you should see a difference in it within a couple of days, I promise you. I well, sprayed, some, I sprayed my rain. food plots, my winter garden once by Eagle Seed, and I sprayed my yard just to, to, to show my wife how good this stuff works. Yeah. And it brought it back green, Redbone. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Real green. And I was going to do a rain dance, but that probably just caused another drought. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, by the time this airs on Saturday, we probably have gotten some rain. Well, I hope so. Well, we're looking at rain for like the next seven days. We at least need rain it. I mean, we we're need it. We're recording on Wednesday. It looks like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Showers and thunderstorms likely. Yeah. Well, that's good. We need it. So we'll, we'll, we'll get some. We'll get some rain. Hey, I got a big rub in my yard. You ought to see it. It's chest high on a cedar tree. Wow. It's unreal. Yeah. And that buck that you showed on video the other day? Yeah, that oh, I call him Leroy. He's a little yeah. six. He's a six point, two and a half year old six point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, hey, deer on their feet, deer are moving, deer on acres. Food plots are dry; they need rain drastically. Uh, we're treating our food plots with Nutriplot. Uh, the Eagle Seed Winter Garden is actually greener than anything I got. The army worms wiped me out. My smorgasbord and all my food plots. Uh, I went back and drug it with a tartar gate drag and stirred up the soil on food plot one right behind the house and reseeded it. The big food plot in the middle, it's still got some uh, 
germination of plants coming up. Mm-hmm. So I'm praying and hoping it comes back. If it don't, I'm going to have to plant again. And what so, did you put down to take care of the armyworms? Uh, I didn't put down nothing. My neighbor told me that he caught them in time, and he sprayed his alfalfa, and he saved his alfalfa, but they absolutely was in there. He said by the millions. Mm-hmm. So you need to spray them. Uh, your food plots, and if you think you need to replant, get a hold of me. You want eagle seed? I'm sure we can get our hands on some more pallets, Wayne. Probably. Yeah. Have I'm, you ever seen those army worms when they're crossing a road? It's crazy. It's dangerous. It's, it's, it's caused like accidents. Oh yeah, it's dangerous. If you see if you see them crossing the road, you better slow down. <laughs> well, I, I made uh, I made like probably about twenty five or thirty two inch signs that said food plot with an arrow and they were all going towards Alex's property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep keep them away from my food plots. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. Anyway, we got a great show lined up for everybody. We're talking archery with Bo Bertrand with Broken Bow Archery out of West Plains. This guy is very, very knowledgeable on archery equipment and the title of the show is knowing your equipment having confidence in your equipment so we're going to talk to him about things that he does that he can share with our listeners to give you that confidence that you need in your equipment when it comes to that crucial moment that second to make the shot uh, that being said let's talk about some of the high school football teams that's really doing good their bobcats are still undefeated nope no, they're four and one. Four and one. I'm sorry. Yeah, four they're and one. ranked number eight in class one. Ava Bears are still undefeated. They're five and zero. Oh. They're ranked number four. Wow. In class uh, two. Yeah. And uh, they get the West Plains Zizzers. They're still undefeated and ranked number two. But they had a big ball game, as this show has heard last yeah. night. They're playing at Lebanon. Uh-huh. And Lebanon is ranked number six in class five oh, wow. and undefeated. Wow. So that was wow. the big game this week on Friday night. And the next week, big game in the SCA, Thayer goes to Ava. Oh. So that'll be a big battle there. So yeah. We yeah. want to wish all the schools over in southeast Missouri, Cape Girada, Dexter, uh, Malden. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere over in the southeast, good luck, too, in your football season. Uh, CRSA tournament was this past weekend at Donovan, Missouri. The last tournament for someone to qualify to make the final five to get in for the Classic, which will be in a couple of weeks at Van Buren, Missouri. Uh, Let me guess. It's another young group, that young couple that – They uh, did. Uh, Nick I'm Black and Christopher Robertson cleaned house. They had over 10 pounds. And uh, Derek Hampton, my old partner from last year, he had big bass, over three pounds. And Anyway, our trolling motor, I fished with my nephew Tommy Rutledge. Our trolling motor went out at one thirty, and it was simple. What was wrong with it? I didn't know it. Underneath my Mincota switchers, two wires, and it's in a little tube. Mm-hmm. And if you push too hard on the foot toe piece, it pushes it down too far where it can't make contact. Mm-hmm. And I end up calling Ozark, uh, Ozark Marine uh, specialist in Springfield, and uh, they told me how to fix it. All I had to do is take a knife blade and push it back up to make connection. <laughs> All right, so here's the big question. So, so we didn't make the top did, five. You didn't did, no, you didn't get didn't into the classic? We didn't oh, make that's it. too bad. Worst year I ever had losing fish and having troubles. Next year I pray that it's a lot better. But you know what? I accept it. God's in control, and it is what it is. I, my brother Jack and Troy McAfee did make it. Uh, second place went to Donald Black and Robbie Williams. Uh, Jack and Troy Jack Rutledge, Troy McAfee ended up third, and I'm trying to remember fourth. Uh, fifth was Jerry Leach and Powell, and fifth was Derek Hampton and Doug Warren. 
Okay. Yep. The classic in a couple of weeks. So, real quick, uh, Alex, this weekend opens the uh, fall archer or fall turkey season. Yes, it does. Do you agree with having a fall turkey season, considering the numbers of turkeys we have in the state of Missouri? I wish they wouldn't. I really do. I wish they wouldn't have had it. Uh, the thing is, there's not that many gobblers that gets killed, but it's still turkey numbers that they're taking out. I think MDC needs to take a serious look at our numbers and look at a, at uh, maybe even shortening our Missouri season and cutting us back to one turkey. I'll say it. Well, and they did, and they they, they have taken a look at it. And there's an interesting article that I read a couple of months ago uh, that it. Uh, it is the opinion of the experts that there are not enough turkeys killed in the fall to make any difference. Yeah. Well, I, I do know a lot of jakes are killed. If you look at the statistics and study them, mm-hmm. a lot of jakes are shot during the fall. But when you're talking about a quarter of a million birds, then there yeah. are, yeah. you know, a couple hundred killed. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's not enough to make yeah. any difference. Well, I'll say that the wildlife biologist we had, that I talked to from the state, that's what one of the things she was pointing out is that they're just, if you look at the number of fall hunters that go out, and then that is so low to begin with, and then uh-huh. the number of them that actually harvest a bird, which Negative. is even lower, yeah. Yeah. she says it would actually, the uproar would be even greater from hunters if they threatened to cancel that season, yeah. even though even people that don't take advantage of the fall season, would be, would go in, they want that opportunity Still. there. And they go, what? it's like anything with the government. Once you give it, it's very hard to take it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or get it back. Yeah. Right. Or, or get, get it back. back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But anyway, I, I'm yeah, okay with what, it. And that's I, what's happened in Arkansas. They stopped five or six years ago, and they have no intention of reinstating a fall season in Arkansas. Well, I don't want them to shut it down then if, they, if it, it couldn't come back. I'm going to say that. Do not shut down fall season if we can't have it back. Exactly. Because when our numbers come back, we want a fall turkey hunt. Yeah. And what they will say is, well, the numbers went up when we didn't have it, so we're not bringing it back. Yeah. Right. So anyway, everybody, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, the title of the show is Knowing Your Equipment. Our special guest, Bo Bertram with Broken Bow Archery. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Year after year, got my hunting gear. Hornady presents Welcome Back to American Roots Outdoors. We are in the studio. Wayne Locke, Redbone Mike Crace, and myself. And again, as promised, on the phone is Bo Bertrand. Bo Bertrand is the owner of Broken Bow Archery. He deals in several bows over there. He carries Matthews. And what's some other brands you carry, Bo? Uh, Matthews Mission, Diamond, Bowtech, and uh, actually picked up PSE this spring. So that's that's been going pretty good with, with that brand as well. 
Wow, that's a huge variety, Wayne. All I heard was Matthew. So after that, <laughs> after that, it was just want, 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 want. Yeah, we're all Matthews freaks. We are. Uh, but anyway, let's let's get this thing started. Who is Bo Bertrand? So uh, I am the son and the grandson of uh, Robert and uh, Bob Bertram. Um, you know, Dad, he he put the shop in in. 1990, uh, 31 years ago. It's hard to believe wow. that it's been that long. Uh, pretty well grew up in the business. You know, I can as far back as I can remember. I, you know, I was running around the bow shop and uh, grew up watching my dad and and grandpa work on bows and and fletch arrows and um, kind of took the shop over. Uh, I think I was eight, 18 or 19 when. Dad said, you know, if, if you want it, here it is, take off. And uh, that's what we've been doing, and uh, it's, it went really, really well. Um, so, yeah. So so tell us a little more about Bo before we go to the next question here. Uh, you went to school in West Plains, and uh, I re- by the way, I want to tell you this. I remember going to your shop in the 90s and seeing you as a little boy. <laughs> you remember me coming? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we go uh, way back. I get that a bunch. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you went to, <laughs> but, school, you went to school at West Plains, and uh, you love to hunt and fish. You fish bass tournaments, and uh, your faith is strong, I know. Uh, you're a big believer in Christ. And uh, did you ever play any sports? Uh, yeah, I played, uh, I played a little bit of football, a little bit of baseball, but uh, mainly when the, I really took up fishing, you know, the baseball and the – and the football kind of went on the back burner, and uh, it's fishing and hunting ever since. <laughs> well, out of curiosity, how long have you been an archer? I mean, is this something, or you did you start out as like one of those tech guys that just, hey, I can fix anything, and I'm going to take up archery because you did it as hunting? Or were you just already into that whole, I can do it myself, and now I'm going to take and spread that knowledge on out? So... You know, I, like I said, I you know I really I grew up you know watching my dad and, and everybody work on bows and when I was learning how to work on them, you know, it was a lot of times it was during the busy season. So if I had a, a problem or, or a question on something, it was you know we had so much other stuff going on. It was really like you know okay you know I, I really don't have time to ask anybody. I got to figure this out on my own. And so a lot of it was I'm, I'm not going to say self-taught because uh, you know I, I had my dad and my grandpa there to uh-huh. ask questions mm-hmm. you know but uh, you know a lot of it I did learn uh, on my own a little bit uh, playing around on, on my stuff uh, uh-huh. I shot competitively for uh, seven or eight years uh, off and on uh, and now with the, the shop unfortunately I, I just don't have the time to continue to pursue that but uh, I, I really Doing the the competitive side um, really helps me learn how to you know fine tune bows. Mm-hmm. What this changing this? Mm-hmm. What I'm going to see mm-hmm. on the range, and so on and so forth. You know, so that's really how I learned. You know everything that I, I know today and, and I'm still learning, you know, I, I learn something every day. So, 
You know, I also remember Bo running around the bow shop when I'd go out there when the bow shop was out behind their house mm-hmm. and, and trying to sell them advertising. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but so, Bo, I want, I want to ask first, uh, when, when did y'all make the move from out on the highway into Monty's Outdoors? October of 2012. So next month we'll, we'll be in this location nine years. And that it, time has absolutely flew by. It doesn't seem possible. So, yeah. And, and so, you know, every 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 bow shop and, and, and ammo shops, gun shops, uh, just about any business has to have an identity. So what is the identity of Broken Bow? I mean, what is Broken Bow Archery? Yeah. So, you know, our goal and our mindset, it, and, and I, I had this conversation with another guy the other day, but a lot of people look at it and, you know, they, they look at the the prices of these, you know, upper end bows and stuff. But in all reality, archery is, is not a rich man's sport by any means. And our goal is it's it's a, it's a wife's honey. Can I have some money sport? (laughs) (laughs) Honey, give me some money. (laughs) But our, our goal is to provide everybody with the best, possible archery experience out there because that that's what it's all about you get started off on the wrong foot we see guys come in all the time where you know they they've found granddad's old bear whitetail hunter in the shop and it's four inches long for him everything and you're not going to shoot it good and it's you get discouraged and then you you quit so what we want to do is is get everybody started off on the right foot Mm-hmm. Make sure that they are ready to go and are going to have the best possible experience possible. Well, let, so, let's not knock that. Budget, uh, let's not knock that bear whitetail bow because I still got mine from <laughs> from 1978, and uh, that, it shot a blazing 110 feet per second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was able to run down and re- the bear prop the. Hunter. Yeah, I was able to run down and prop the target back up for the arrow got there. <laughs> hey, I, I do want to say something. I was in uh, Broken Bow here about three or four weeks ago, and there's a young lady come in with her bow. And uh, I think I mentioned this in one of our previous shows. And she goes, hey, uh, my boyfriend says this bow is too short for me. And uh, yes. Bo, I, I said, Bo, do you mind? And Bo and I went to talk to her together. And I said, we said, can you sit down in that chair and draw the bow back? She draws it back. And. The bow fit her perfectly. Bo says that bow fits you perfectly. Now, how many guys do you know? And you've been in bow shops all around the country, Wayne, mm-hmm. that would have tried to sell her another bow. Oh, quite a quite a bit. I mean, that's bow what... didn't do that. Bow was fair and honest to her and said, "Listen, that bow's perfect for you." And and I know when I had my archery shop that I ran in in Cleveland, that was probably one of the most common. And Bo, you probably are going to agree with this. That's probably one of the most common questions and problems people had was. Short draw, overdraw, or just right, and nobody seemed to know what they needed to be. <laughs> that's exactly right, and that's that's why it's so important to, especially, you know, if if it's if you're buying a used bow or something, bring it to us and let us take a look at it. If we can fix it, we're going to do everything in the world possible to get that bow to fit you. So again, you have the best possible experience out there you're not going to be getting discouraged on 
you know, I, I can't shoot this bow when just a little simple fix, you know, maybe it's you know, on a Matthews changing a, a draw mod out or mm-hmm. on a diamond or a Bowtech, you know, moving the module a half inch or something like that. Something super simple like that is going to make all the difference in the world on how you and the bow performs on the range or in or in the woods. That's awesome stuff, everybody. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors. We're going to go to a break, and this break is brought to you by Slider Fishing. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Right here, right now, this is Chancey Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors again. We are in. What are you laughing about? <laughs> I swear you change your voice like ten octaves. <laughs> when, like when you bring it back, Eagle no. Seed Eagle Seed presents. Eagle Seed. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing radio. Hold on. We are doing radio. James Earl Jones back to Alex. <laughs> we got Bull Burson on the line. <laughs> But anyway, uh, welcome back, everybody. Bo, I am not your father. Hey, Bo, I'm not your father. I'm not your father. But anyway, welcome back to the show. Uh, again, title of this show is Knowing Your Equipment. And what better guy can we ask to have here, Redbone? Yeah, exactly. Bo Burchin, this guy knows Bo's inside and out. Yeah, and, and when we left off the last segment, we were talking about some of the issues and uh, the common issue of people coming in and having uh, shortage uh, questions or, you know, overdrawn and stuff like that. But, you know, that covers obviously the compounds and the recurves. But with crossbows, what do you find being a common issue people coming in? Is it, you know, limb split or, you know, questions on the safety of it? Or what do you find? You know, the biggest question we get pertaining to crossbows is how often should I change the strings out or how often should I be using rail lube on my crossbow? And, you know, the way I answer or like to answer that is, you know, normally I'll ask them, do you shoot your crossbow a bunch? And if they say yes, you know, hey, it's it's a pretty good idea. Change it out every three years. Uh, If you don't shoot it a whole lot, do at least every five, uh, and then lubing the rail on your crossbow a- every eight to ten shots. Um, you don't have to go crazy on the rail lube, but uh, just enough to keep that thing slick and, and keep it from wearing down on that serving because that is one of the, the biggest things we see um, when we're replacing crossbow strings is so many people don't keep that rail lubed up to wear it'll that friction riding that serving on the rail it's going to eat it i mean you you can take a brand new crossbow out there and if you don't put any lube on that rail within 50 to 100 shots you're going to be needing new string on your brand new crossbow so it's a really good idea to keep that keep that lubed up for some of our listeners tell them what rail lube is because they may think it's a tool what is rail lube so rail lube and, and most of your newer crossbows, uh, they're going to come with, with some form of rail lube. Some of it's uh, kind of a waxy material. Some of it's um, a liquid. 
Uh, we use, uh, you guys may get a kick out of this, but uh, our favorite brand is a 30-odd-6 brand, and uh, they have one that is called Rail Snot. And uh, <laughs> it is some really, really good stuff. Uh, we sell it down here for seven, eight bucks a tube, something like that. And it's it works wonders, does an excellent job. So but most of the that you go out and buy, they're, they're going to have some kind of with Wayne's it. always so tired, he tries to make his own every time he's out in the woods sneezing and blowing <laughs> and coughing. <laughs> he didn't want his wine, he never kills a deer. Well, I was going to say, this, what he's describing reminds me of a customer I had come in one time and say when he was shooting his crossbow, he goes, he goes I swear, it's like I smell something burning. And I have no idea what could be causing this. And I said, you're about 20 shots behind putting your lube on your yeah. your rail because it, you will get that smell from the friction in that. You will, yep. 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 So if burning, you're smelling it, folks, if, yeah, if you're smelling it, then you better get some lube on. Yep. Yep, that's right. All right so, Bo, how, how often should people inspect their equipment? I mean, I think most people that, that bow hunt, whether it be compounds or longbows or crossbows, whatever. Uh, they know before the season starts, but you really should keep that inspection process going throughout the year, right? Yeah, you know, that's, we, we have a lot of guys that, that come in. It's, it's good to do it about every year. Bring your bow in to us. You know, we've got a little, you know, eight, ten point uh, inspection deal that we go through, you know, where we're going to check, check the center shot on your rest. We're going to check your uh, knock height. Uh, on your loop and everything, we're going to check your cams, make sure they're in time. If it's a single cam bow, we're going to make sure that it's uh, in proper rotation and everything. Um, and what you're going to find, you know, year after year, if you if you do that once a year, um, you're going to have better results because, especially if you you bring your bow in or miss a year or two. Um, then all of a sudden, hey, you know, your your string stretched, you're out of time, mm-hmm. let's get a new set of strings on, and then you got the guy going, oh, man, well, I, I was really wanting to hunt tomorrow. You know, I can get you by, but, you know, if you did that in every year, hey, you know, we wouldn't be going through this. So um, it's good to bring it into us every year, uh, and we, we kind of go through and, and check all those points and make sure that the customer's good to go. i tell you one thing I like to do when I'm checking my equipment, and I do it before every trip because you never know something can happen from one trip to another you just eye my cams and eye my rest and i take a white marker like a white a white marker and my mark everything and i keep marking with the limbs in the cam and and also you can mark uh your rest to make sure it hasn't moved or mm-hmm. anything so I check all that stuff, and that way I know I have my confidence knowing my equipment is in proper working condition. So you can mark different things to make sure they stay, like nuts. You can take mark a, a, yep. the side of a nut and the side of the brace to, to make sure. A lot of your 3D shooters that shoot competitively do this. That, that way they know everything's correct and everything is, is where it should be, and they have confidence in their equipment. It goes back to knowing your equipment. Yeah, and, and, and some of those things are things that can be affected by weather. I mean, you, you know, you're hunting in right. October, and it's 78 degrees, and you yeah. decide to go back out in December, and it's 23 degrees. Yeah. I mean, some, things of, those things, some of those some things, things can be can. affected by temperatures. Yeah. You agree, Bo? Yep. I do, yeah, 100%. 100%. So, uh, you know, the, the weather stuff, you know, we, I used to see it a lot shooting 3d, um, you know, when it, when it got real, real hot, a lot of people don't realize just how much that affects your strings. And nowadays, 
you don't see as much because string materials have evolved uh-huh. over time, and, and these strings are so good. Uh, you don't see it as much, but you do, you know, you get a little bit more peep rotation. You get a little bit more creep on the back end of your bow and everything. And same thing goes for when it's cold, you know. Uh, so everything is affected by well, weather or, you know, it's it's really good to, to keep stuff marked. and Good stuff, good stuff. I just want to reiterate, everybody, your tip for you is mark your equipment with a white Sharpie. Just make dot to dot connecting from one piece of the the bow to another, and it keeps everything in check. We're gonna go to a break. We come back. We'll have more with Bo Bertrand talking about knowing your equipment. And this commercial break is brought to you by Denali Fishing Rods. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're listening to my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Around your heart. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors. How many of you need an attorney? If you're like me, sometimes you do. I go to Zane Prevet at the Prevet Law Office, Willow Springs, Missouri. No case is too big or too small. You can call Zane at 417-469-3535. Zane Brevet at the Brevet Law Office. This is Alex Rutledge, and he is my attorney. True North Tree Stands presents... (laughs) Welcome back to American Roots Outdoor. How'd you like that one, Wayne? That sounds more about what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you better not be going to mark them white spots on my bow record. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking, I was, I was thinking about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sneak out to your house and, and put fake marks on your bow. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be d- white dots everywhere. I'm like, oh, no. Linda Bird, when you get mad at Alex, just go out there and put marks on that bow. Right. All right, Bo, tell uh, us, man. Hey, matching arrows and broadheads with your bow, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, let's talk about, you know, there's a lot of guys and girls out there, they go out and grab a bow. Well, I'm just going to grab that broadhead. How important is it to match the right grain of broadhead and the right arrow to your bow? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's really important, um, you know, especially um, when you get into the spine arrow that you're shooting and how – um, shorts you cut it or, you know, what poundage you're shooting and everything. Um, you know, say you've got a 400 spine arrow, you're uh-huh. shooting 70 pounds, which you're a little under spine there. So what yeah. you may have to do is cut that arrow just a little bit long mm-hmm. uh, and go with a little bit lighter point. But it's, it's really, really important. And, uh, you know, that's something that uh, we run into all the time here. Um, and we got a lot of guys now that are that are going back to fixed blade broadheads. You know, everything makes makes a big cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, especially with a fixed blade broadhead, again, it's it's really good to have that bow tuned perfectly so you can get accurate arrow flight with your fixed blade broadheads. And you know, back in the day, a lot of guys would um, you know turn their uh, broadheads line the blades up with their fletchings 
Uh, not a whole lot of guys do that anymore, but we still got a few guys that do, and, and you know that's something we don't care one bit to do down here. Um, but it, it's very important getting the right weight broadhead to the spine of your arrow. So whether you know if you're shooting a little bit stiffer arrow to get that arrow to flex, you're going to have to bump up to you know a little bit heavier point on the front end. If you're shooting a little bit lighter spined arrow. Um, you're, you're going to have to go down in size to mm. get that arrow to stiffen up just a little bit. And, when you know, arrow, that's one thing I, I bought. Go ahead. When arrow is launched, and if you have the right uh, setup and the right length of shaft and the right poundage uh, versus your setup, your arrow will oscillate as it's released. It oscillates. It doesn't shoot like yep. a dart. You want your arrow nope. to oscillate. So that's what creates a more accurate arrow. If you shoot an arrow that's too stiff, man, you're looking for trouble. Would you agree, Bo? Yeah. Redbone? Uh, you know, to a to a certain point, um, you know, I always tell people that you're better off uh, going on the stiffer side. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things you can do to get a stiffer arrow to, to shoot correctly yep. or shoot a little bit better. Uh-huh. When you go underspine, there's not a whole lot you can do. So that's right. On a so on less a movement, arrow. less movement, but they still oscillate. Yeah. maybe one or two times off the launch. Yeah, they do. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. absolutely. Well, I know earlier you said uh, you mentioned the phrase tuning your arrow, and there's probably some listeners out there. Who are, well, wait a minute, I know I gotta, I gotta tune my bow, but you know what do you mean by tuning your arrows. arrow? Yeah. Um, so do you use? I'm assuming that you have a spinner that you put the arrows on. You spin them. You match up the the broadhead to it so that you get no um, uh, wobble flexation on the uh, or wobble on the end of your uh, broadhead. Correct. Right. Yep. Yep. Sure do. Uh, that you know that's that's one of my big things is especially with these you know newer uh, micro diameter arrows that everybody's going to. Um, you know you have. Not only an insert, but you have what they call an outsert collar that goes over the end of it so your broadhead sits flush against it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good to spin that arrow with that collar on there. And even just indexing that collar, turning it, you know, quarter turns at a time, you'd be amazed at, at how big a difference that makes. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, one thing that I'll always do is I'll spin that arrow and with my outsert collar, once I get it to where it spins properly, I'm going to mark it. That way, that mark is always up, and that arrow is going to spin correctly in in flight. So, do so. you number? Do you number your arrows? Like you know, when I when I when I spin all of mine, I'll heat my insert to turn to get and, and spin my arrows to make sure there's no wobble. Then what I'll do is I'll number my arrows, all of my arrows that I'm shooting with, even practice arrows. Then I'll know one, two, three, four, five, and I'm carrying my quiver. And I always start out with arrow number one. Even though that yep. may be the yep. same, I know what arrow number one is. And when I go to shoot my target and I'm not being consistent in my shots, it could be something in my arrow. So that's, that's a good yeah, tip. Yeah, that's right. You know, we got a, uh, several guys that uh, group tune. So basically what they'll do is they get a dozen arrows. They take them out there. They start shooting groups. One yep. flies off. And they number the ones that shoot the best. That's right. Yeah, because it could so, be something in the arrow, a thickness of the wall or something. Yep. That is called knowing your equipment. 
everybody. This is good stuff, Redbone Wayne. It, it is. And, and, and my question would be, because people are listening to this that maybe yeah. are beginning to bow hunt or thinking about starting bow hunt, and they're going, oh, my gosh. There's a lot of stuff. Well, it, But guys like you, Bo, you're there to help them, right? That's exactly right. You know, this is this is that is why I, I enjoy doing what I do. You know, I, I love helping people and making sure they're they're getting started off on the right foot. You know, um, you you can get too technical with it, and there's you know there's a lot of stuff. You know, we've tried over the years. I myself tried over the years, and you know I've kind of got a little system down of how I go through and do my bows and that's exactly how I do everybody else. So I, I mean, I wouldn't do anything to somebody else's equipment that I wouldn't do to my own. Beautiful. So there you hold it, everybody. Bo Bertram, Wayne, tell them about the bonus segment and listen to our podcast. Yeah. As I say, just cause the radio show is ending here, guys, there's going to be more that we're going to uh, touch base on with Bo uh, tips that on uh, shooting your equipment, doing more, with the equipment, the new kinds of equipment that are out there and that. But, Bo, where can everybody reach you at? Uh, so they can uh, they can give us a call down here at the shop. and Our, our phone, phone number is 417-256-2697. We've also got a Facebook page, so they're, they can feel free to uh, send us a message on there as well. Broken Bo Archery, everybody. Bo Bertram. Hey, Bo, do you guys have a website also? Uh, do not have a website at this time. But they do so have social we're, uh, media. We're kind of in the process of getting getting all that situated. Yep, and they can find you on Facebook, and we'll make sure we have a link on the podcast. People can just click right on that and take you right to their your Facebook page and that. But, uh, folks, again, the radio show, just because it's ending, there's more to come. Make sure you tune into your favorite podcast carrier to catch the bonus segment. Yeah, don't forget about the giveaway. Hopefully, Bo will send us a broken bow hat and a T-shirt we can give away on the bonus segment. Tell them about the bonus that segment. That can giveaway. be done. Okay. Tell them about the giveaway that we do real yeah, quick. Uh, we do a giveaway uh, every week that we uh, – or every other week where we're going to be giving away a product from some of our guest speakers and that, and uh, we'll have more of that. And the winner on this uh, bonus segment coming up from last week's show. There you have it, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear the rest of it, listen to us on the podcast. Bo, thanks for being a great guest. And remember – when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. presents American Roots Outdoors with Alex. Now, Wayne, 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 Wayne. You didn't do that right. Oh. If people listen to the radio show. Oh, that's right. That's right. Let me do it again. You have to get on your radio voice. You get on radio voice. i got to get on my, my dark deep, voice. Deep. Eagle Seed presents. That sounds sissy. <laughs> Let me do it. Welcome to Eagles. American Roots. Let me do it. <laughs> Eagle Seed presents. So you got a frog in his throat. That's a no. You got to get the country <laughs> Sam Elliott sound, dude. Well, Try it again. One last time. Eagle Seed presents. <laughs> How about we just say Eagle Seed presents American Roots Outdoors. <laughs>
with oh, Alex man. Rutledge. This is Wayne Locke. I got Mike Crace in the studio. Oh, Alex man. is sitting here next to me, giving me a hard time. That was a pitiful, pitiful performance. I am not a Darth Vader. He's across I, the street. Mike. I am not a Darth Vader. It wasn't even a. It wasn't even a good. And we effort. got Bo Bert, oh, I'm not and we got Bo Bertram still on the radio or on the uh, line with us here. Uh, <laughs> Bo, welcome to a bunch of craziness. We're going to continue this on <laughs> for another few minutes here, but. Uh, you know, one of the things that you had said earlier, and it, it, I was just now thinking while we were getting ready to do this bonus segment, you said everything kind of comes back around uh, with equipment and that, and when we were talking about broadheads and that. And I'm thinking, you know, fixed broadheads, yeah, they're starting to make that come back around and that. But I tell you, when I start seeing satellite broadheads back on a Walmart shelf or if there's a Kmart around, a Kmart shelf, then I know I have lived a long, fruitful life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we'll see that. I, I would like to see him bring the the bear razor box back, the five blade razor box. That's that's what I'd like to see him bring back. Well, that's a long time but ago. Yeah, that yeah. was a long time ago. And I think everybody at one point owned a satellite broadhead. Yeah, and, and do they still oh, make, yeah. are they still making the thunderheads? That's what my uncle told me when he gave me a bow. He said, "And we shoot thunderheads." Yep, they still make the old thunderhead. Yeah. I killed my very first deer with a bow with a thunderhead. I did, I did too. So and, my and, green thunderhead, and, and the next four or five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Which isn't bad because uh, he's only killed six. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. But but that is interesting the way everything comes around. I mean, it goes around, comes around. You know, the fixed blades, and then everybody went to the mechanicals, and now they're going back the other way. Why is that? I mean, usually it's advancements in the technology, but people are kind of going back to, you know, going backwards in re- in regards to broadheads. Yeah, you know, I, I think what a lot of it is, uh, people are, are now realizing that, and, and I'm not knocking mechanical broadheads in any way. It, it, that's what I shoot. I've shot them for years. Um, you you pick up a little bit more penetration you know everybody's on this this penetration kick you know i, I gotta have a 600 grain arrow and a fixed blade broadhead you know so i can shoot through a deer um i don't necessarily agree with that 100 percent. i do feel like that you know you need a, a fairly heavy arrow you know somewhere within four to 450 grains um but with a fixed blade broadhead you're you do pick up a little bit more penetration. You you don't have that uh, thought in the back of your mind when you shoot a deer. Okay, did my broadhead deploy? Or um, you know, it's always it's always going to cut. You don't have to worry about it opening up and everything. Um, what does come with a fixed blade broadhead is like we just talked earlier is having that bow tuned well and. Um, making sure your arrow spine is correct and everything in order to, to get that to fly correctly. So um, these newer fixed blade broadheads, you know, it, they're nothing like they were years ago where, you know, you had to work and work and work to get them to fly right. Um, you know, some of my favorite fixed blade broadheads out there, uh, a company called B3 is, is making one called the Exo Destruct. It's a fantastic broadhead. We've got several of them out here and on the floor. Um, Magnus, which Magnus has been around forever. Um, and for whatever reason, everybody is going crazy over the Magnus stingers and they make one called a, a black Hornet. Uh, and I've, I've got a package of them that I'm going to be trying out for myself this year. And, 
you know, the, the standard, the muzzies are still around. Uh, G5 Montex, which, you know, probably one of the toughest broadheads out there is that G5 Montex. Uh, and, you know, we carry all these brands uh, down here and have got the majority of them in stock. So I, I've killed deer with Spitfires, Thunderheads, uh, Swackers, Interlock, Muzzies. Uh, <laughs> I've killed them with everything. But let me tell you right now. Of the mechanical broadheads I've shot, the most confidence I have, and again, it's going back to knowing your equipment, is a mechanical broadhead that I've killed more deer with is a swacker. Yeah. You talk about laying a hobo. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I'm telling you, I'm colorblind, and you and it, it lays the red brick road out there for you to see. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yes, it does. And, 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 and the best fixed blade broadhead I've ever shot, and they don't pay me a dime, and they used to sponsor us back in the day, is Interlock. I, you can go on YouTube and watch my stuff. I kill a bull elk at 57 yards, and he dies on camera. Then he don't run 80 yards. And it's got yeah. an inch and a quarter yeah. cut, and you tune the, the broadhead with an Allen wrench in the ferrule. Right. Yeah. It's pretty mm-hmm. neat. Yep. yep. It's yep. the baddest broadhead I've ever shot in my life. Now, everybody's got different opinions. That's just my opinion. don't mean I'm... You don't have to shoot what I shoot, but that's what I think. I was going to say, Bo, and, and I know you probably will agree 100% with this, and, and Mike will get a kick out of this, but you want to start a long thread in a Facebook post? <laughs> All you have to do is say, what is the best mechanical, or yeah. do you prefer mechanicals over fixed? Yeah. Because yeah. that will, you will have so many, and then you'll start getting the people that decide they want to start cussing on yeah, it and stuff like mad. that, because they get really passionate about what they shoot. Like for me... The 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 uh, mechanical would be the Grim Reaper, Whitetail Edition. To me, that that was the best one I ever oh, shot, yeah. and I still shoot it to this day. But the interlock fixed. I'm telling you, when I had when I did try the oh. interlock, that was a pretty deadly thing. I only had a problem every now and then with one flaring off. But other than that, did. I it had to be just probably something got bumped and out of tuned uh, with that arrow. Tell but, those interlocks. Um, you talk about hundred percent pass throughs. Yeah, and I, I would say, because I know that's one oh, thing yeah. I did like about them. They penetrated the steel barrel, because I always did a steel barrel test to yeah. see which ones exploded mm-hmm. when they hit the barrel and which ones made it through. And the interlock was fantastic. The G5 was phenomenal. Yeah. And the Grim Reaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, knowing your equipment, and uh just want to say this before we wrap up the show, man. Again, you've been a great guest, and you, you've helped our listeners learn a lot today, hasn't he, Redbone? Uh, absolutely. And, and I would assume if people have questions, you know, they, you mentioned your social media. They can just find you all on social media and, and ask more. Yeah. And I, I want to say this. If you're ever in the Ozarks area, just in case you are, I just want you to come by, and, and if you see these companies, just tell them hi. Monty's Outdoors, Phillips Truck Repair, Dalton Pallet, MS Propane, Nutriplot, Redbeards, Casey's Tree Service, Prevet Law Firm, if you need a lawyer, Wise Eye, Hunt Control, Denali Fishing Rods, and Pro H2O. And again, thanks for being on the show with us, Bo. You educated a lot of listeners. And, Bo, let's leave the show with, uh, with one tip here. If you can give one tip. On what would build the most confidence in a, sh- a shooter? What would that tip be? Man, that's your a, equipment. that is a tough question. <laughs> but um, the biggest thing that I see, like if I'm watching somebody shoot, is release execution. Is making sure you're not punching the trigger, you're squeezing yeah. that release off, you're getting a good surprise shot, and you would be amazed at 
how tight are your your groups are going to be downrange. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what about a crossbow? Confidence for a crossbow uh, shooter. Confidence with a crossbow uh, is, you know, keeping that thing maintained. That's that's yeah. the biggest tip I can give on a crossbow. If you keep them up, you keep them maintained. Uh, these new crossbows are pretty well plug and play, uh, and you're you're going to have a lot more fun with it, and you're going to have a lot better results. Yeah, and I would the only thing I would add to that is breathing techniques, folks. Make sure you get your breathing techniques down. It'll make a yep. difference. Yep. Yep. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to American Roots Outdoors. Uh, hope you enjoyed the bonus segment. Bo, can't wait to have you back on. And uh, like we say here in American Roots, when your roots run deep and strong. There's no reason to fear the wind. That sounded like a job of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all. Thanks for listening. <laughs>